Welcome to the Sensual Power Podcast. This is a podcast for women, AFAP people, and anyone looking to learn more about generational trauma, childhood trauma, narcissistic abuse, sacred sexuality, and healing any wounds around money, sex, relationships, self, and doing expansion work with that. Everything that I'm talking about is based on my own experiences of healing and the work that I do with my clients. Keep in mind, though, I am a cis white woman, so the views that I express do come with a sense of privilege, and if harm is done, I am always willing to repair harm, so please reach out if that happens. Otherwise, stay tuned and listen to your next episode right now. (laughs) Welcome back to my lovely Sensual Power podcast listeners. I have a wonderful guest for you again, because as you know, I love bringing in all of the people to share all of the wisdom and hopefully bring something to your life. So today I have Kim Coffin. She is the Get Your Sexy Back coach. She is all about women's empowerment. And I would say, honestly, goddess empowerment, because the energy of her coaching work is just so liberating and so necessary in this world. And as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, we are all about the liberation and empowerment of our bodies, of our sex lives, of our voices and all the things. So without further ado, Kim, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. But that whole intro made me emotional. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Thank I'm you for that. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Well done. Well done. So today we're diving into pleasure healing, but like more specifically, as we talked about before this trauma that comes up with that and also the ways that we like put pressure on ourselves when we're connecting to our body you know, something, a light topic for today. right? (laughs) So I want to just see for you, because as all of us in this industry, we all have our own stories of what made us need to do this work. Because I find for most of us, it's not a want, it is a need. Yeah. What was your need? Yeah, that was so good. My need was basically between 20 and 13, 2013 and 2017, everything in my body and life was like coming to a screaming halt. It was screaming at me. It was screaming at me earlier. If I go back and look at pain and how it was triggering me, but between 2013 and 2017, I was like all of a sudden waking up and disagreeing with how I was taught and how I was raised and, and how I was betrayed by my mother in so many different ways. And it really started, that betrayal really started to be noticed in my body around the time my daughter was born. I have three kids, 15, 17, and 20. But when the girl, the third one was born, I all of a sudden was like, what the hell? How do you betray your daughter in the way that I'd been betrayed? Um, Yeah, so when I was 14 and a half, I was sexually assaulted by my stepfather. And I told my mother the next morning and she believed me and it looked great and everything was like, okay, I'm going to be taken care of here. But within a few hours, she picked me up at school with my stepfather in the front seat of his truck. And I was told to sit in the front seat and confront him and tell him what he did while he was in total. No, I didn't. And from that moment on, my mother never 
acknowledged it. She believed him. Wow. It was very, very hard. And that kind of built up, especially around the time of my daughter being born. And then as we moved between 20 and 13, when I broke my ankle, there's all this anger coming out of me. Yeah. I actually broke my ankle because I was angry that moment. Like I know yeah. that it was crazy. And you know, more stuff started coming up with me and my mom. But by 2017, I was just so checked out. I was numb. I was disconnected. I was like at a total bottom, like my world was crashing around me. And I signed up actually to go to the Mama Gina conference in 2017. No clue how I was going to get there, um, how that was going to work. I asked my husband to watch my daughter that weekend because I already knew it was a hockey tournament weekend. Right. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't say it was out of town. <laughs> I was like, just watch my daughter. Love that that, yeah. I was like, oops, I don't know how I'm getting there. New York. Um, and then Me Too happened. Yeah. And I remember reading everybody's stuff and being in awe of how incredibly powerful and brave they were, but there was no way because they didn't know my mother. My mother was still very involved in our lives as well as my stepfather. And like, if you brought it up, you were going to be like shunned. Knives were going to be thrown at like, it was very, very dangerous. And finally, two, three days later, I was like, screw it. I was driving to Ottawa for like a five hour, six hour drive there and back another six hours. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I stopped for gas and I posted a my me too quick, brief story, scared shitless of what was going to happen. Right. Cause my mother was very, very influential and very scary, very narcissistic, yeah. scary, controlling, scary. And I didn't really see at the time the shackles she had on me, but she so did. I was scared as a 40 year old woman. I was scared of her. Right. So um, I received amazing support, incredible support, support. I did not expect. I confronted my mother. Haven't seen her since she doesn't want to see me. And I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) It was so toxic and I just didn't see it. Yeah. And then I moved right into my journey with Mama Gina, the School of Womanly Arts that didn't stop for like over two and a half years. I did two experiences, two masteries, one creation. And from there I moved into working with Layla and received my sex love and and relationship certification and my female sexuality certification. And I dove deep, like deep and hard with sisters and sister goddesses that there was no turning back. And there hasn't been a turning back since. I love it. I love it. And I resonate so much. I, I too, like, I, I remember having my daughter and just, you know, like, I'm sure it was the same for you. You, you're holding this little person here and you're like, and you're looking back at your own mother because I, I was in a very similar situation. I was younger than you were, but it was still like the shame and the chastising that was put on me. And it's like, what, how could you even remotely think to do that to your own child? Yeah. And, oh, and the healing that comes from that, just that single moment of saying, I'm going to speak my truth. Yeah. I'm done hiding. Yeah. Yeah. So we both have, we've both done mastery. We've both done Mm. sex, love and relationships. So we've kind of had these similar trends. And I wonder for you, like, when you started this, what was your experience like 
in your journey of healing because the nuances of that can be really interesting. And I'm sure that it plays into a lot of how you work with your own clients because mm-hmm. I know for me it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How far back do you want me to go? Like, because I see nuances like even happening in mastery that we're not trauma aware. Yeah, let's start there because I, I too, when I went to mastery, I was like, this is going to be great and everything's going to be great after. And then I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, you needed to do some more work while you were there. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was the fastest portal for me to get into my body and get into my sexuality. But specifically the very first morning of mastery, when we're going to, you know, do the very first big reveal I'm going to call it and my body freaked the fuck out like I wanted now had I not been front row we were always front row had I not been front row with two women that I had met at the first experience that we had done boot camp all the way through to mastery had which is like three four months had I not been with them I would have been out of that room in like a split second I don't care how many people I would have had to crawl over Um, and I froze. I remember dropping into my, like dropping into my head and freezing and literally going, get out, get out. Like my body was like, you're going to die. Um, and literally one of these sister goddesses who had been working with for like months at this point was like, she looked at me and she squared me and, and she grabbed me by the shoulders. She goes, we're doing this. You are safe right now. And it was like, okay. I was petrified, petrified. But by the time I went up and crossed that stage, I wanted to do it again. Oh, so beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a friend that had done it before. So she was kind of holding me through it, but it was kind of the same thing. I was like having this almost like regurgitory experience. Yeah. Of like, I can't do this. And I had worked in sex work, but it was still like, I, I can't do this. this yeah. Is- and that is its own trauma. It could be. Yeah. If you're not held in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I do see the importance of holding really, really gently mm-hmm. with my clients. It could be something as simple as doing a hip circle that can trigger them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So simple and yet so profound with it because it really is about that. And this is hitting on something that I know, like we, we talked about this a little bit before we even recorded this, but like, I find so often, and I know you do too, there's this moment when you decide to take on this journey and it's, um, it's, it's this years of frustration and this pain and this just exhaustion with where you've been your entire life and you like you're like I can't take this anymore and while that's an amazing place to be in I find that sometimes we all go into that with this like energy like I am going to tackle my liberation and my healing and I'm going to do it all in right now and that in itself sometimes is so damaging yes yes it can be it's too much for our nervous system. It's too much to hold. It's not gentle. It's not slow. And at the same time, like in something like a group program like that, you can't 
do it any other way. You can't hold that many people. But that's why I love the private coaching and I love working in small, intimate groups because it can be done so much more gentle and so much more nourishing and supportive when we're trauma-informed, when we're working somatically with the body. Yeah, there's so much more that can be done. And I don't think we need to wait till we're like burnt out and frustrated and crashing. Mm. I'm blown away that ma- majority of my clients are younger, like, yeah. like a lot younger, like in their late twenties and early thirties, which is fabulous. We don't need to burn out before we do this work. Yeah. And I wonder for you, like, especially if you like having younger clients like that, which is amazing because it's, you're you know, there's still experiences that are coming up. There's still things that they've been through, but there's not lifetimes of sitting in it as happens, you know, when you get into your thirties and your forties and fifties and everything like that. How has, has your experience with your own healing really affected the way that you hold them through this, especially, you know, to like guide them gently through the process and even with your daughter, like how, how has that made you as a mom? Mm, Yeah, I am fully open for one. There's two questions there. I might forget the first one by the end. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go into the kids like, and I'm going to brag that like, I am raising sexually empowered teens and adult because one's 20. Um, Yeah. And I'm having these conversations with them. I'm so open. Like, (laughs) All I have drawers and bins and totes in my room. And I'm like, hey, if you don't want to know what I do with them, don't open them. Um, But of course, it's become they want to know. So they start opening and they see crystals and jade eggs and wands and all of this good stuff. And I love my daughter talks to me about this, like even back a couple of years ago. So 13, uh, 12, I love the age I caught her at probably 10 on talking and being so open with her because she's sometimes wants to hear it. And she sometimes doesn't want to hear it. And other times she's like, so what's this one for? And she'll just pick it up. She's totally comfy. I love that. It's like, well, technically that will stimulate more of your G spot. And she'll be like, what's your G spot. So it's really allowed a lot more opening and conversation. And again, with my 20 year old, he's a guy. And I totally have that convo with him as well. Sometimes he wants to listen. Sometimes he doesn't want to listen. Uh, Years ago, I said, let's talk about clitoracy while we're driving. And he was in the car, so he couldn't jump out. Um, (laughs) And he was like, mom. Um, But now he wants it. A couple of weeks ago, I was like, he had a friend over, a female friend, not a girlfriend, but a female friend. And we are very open. And I'm like, do you guys want to see like a whole spread of different vulvas and different penises? Like I'm trying to normalize it and make them feel comfortable in their bodies. And they're all like, yeah, Yeah. they all came into my office and watched videos and saw all the different ways that bodies are formed. And I want to reduce that shame. And I show these to my clients as well. I do remember the question, which was how do you hold your clients through all of this? The same way really open, really curious, really allowing them to explore, ask questions because I'm so comfortable. And I am, I brag, I'm super damn grounded in my body. I do daily practices because I'm there. They sense it and they drop in so fast. 
yeah. just wrote a post. People keep asking me, do I hypnotize them? And I'm like, I don't even know how, <laughs> like, no, <laughs> um, but it's something with our own energy, right? And when we're grounded, when we're in our bodies and when we're working with our people, they feel it, they feel safe. They open up, they let their guard down and they let themselves go deeper than they maybe would have. And that's so important because when you have that just initial sense of safety, I find like, and that's, that to me is like the most important thing that I'm going to start with is that safety, that like womb, like holding where you're just like, I've got you, I can hold you through this. Everything and anything is safe to talk about, safe to ask. And even with, you know, that that's with clients, with your children or whatever. So if you are somebody that is listening to this and you're like, you're raising children. And I say children because I hate when this conversation is geared specifically to if you have a daughter, right? Because it's so rounded we're creating these, these people that grow up feeling like, okay, bodies are normal. There's variety in this. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm normal. And I get to experience the things that I experience and it's safe to talk about it. I love this so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my 17, almost 18 year old, he does not want to talk about it, <laughs> but I know he's absorbing it. Yeah. That's There's no way he couldn't be. Right. He's around it. So, and by proxy, he's going to take some of it in. Yeah. Mm, I love it. So if you are dealing like, because I mean, what it sounds like is that you are, the space that you're creating is just so beautiful. But if you are dealing with somebody that's like trying to go into this like full force push themselves through the healing and trying to do it as fast as possible, which we you know never works. Yeah. How are you helping people to learn to just back off of that? Or like if somebody's listening to this, like what's your advice? Mm -hmm. Definitely go slow. You have to go slow. When we don't, we create more trauma in our bodies. When I'm holding a client, it's a little different because we're having the talk, right? Like we're, we're, we're all slow down the practices. I'll slow down an entire session that has no practices. Like what's going on? What's coming up? Like these are the moments where we get to play and see what's coming up for them. And really the biggest thing is holding myself there too, right? For a client yeah. of holding myself there and keeping my breathing and my nervous system regulated so that they are absorbing that. I, I think that slows them down immediately by coming back into my breath, by them coming back into their breath. And that's super, super important. And for somebody who is just kind of trying and doing it on their own right now, I'd say get help. <laughs> like really, really, I offer free containers as well because I want the world to change. I want this not to change for my family. If your family hasn't changed, then she's getting different messages at school and he's getting different messages at school. It has to be across the board. So really, really Get into a container, even if it's a free container. Listen to all the podcasts. Mm -hmm. Listen to embodiment practices. Just get a feel for how it's working 
and going on. Cause I know you're probably stuck up in your head when you're going fast. Right. Cause I've done yeah. that. I've done that. You're in your head and the trick is to get into our body yeah. through dance, through embodiment, through a pleasure practice, come into the present moment, even if it's just yoga and meditation right now, and that's driving you nuts and you can't do it, keep doing it and go slow. It's not about doing more. Yeah. And the thing is with that and just recognizing this need to like push forward is also a conditioning to work past. Cause it's something that, I mean, it's a very patriarchal idea of like, just go all in, go hard, make the thing happen. It's that hustle and grind mentality. And I don't think a lot of us realize like that shows up in more than our work life that shows up in everything we do. And yes. that's how we start creating trauma in the body. Yeah. It's like a, like a go, 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 do, do, do. It's a very heavy energy. Right. And if you just feel that, I can feel that already just saying that in my body, like yeah. it just feels tense and I'm like, Ur. and it's just, um, it doesn't feel good. And if you just start to listen to your body and just start to notice, however, I think when we are in the, the flight and the fright, flight, flight, freeze, I always mess that up. Um, we can't drop in and go slow. It can be super hard to even know what slow is because we're like, I got shit to do, no pain, no gain, like all this shit's going on in our brains. And that is conditioning. And that is the parts that we get to work through first so we can come into our body and almost at the same time. It's all connected, right? It's all connected. How you show up, how you're willing to be seen, how you use your voice, how you create boundaries. It's all connected to how grounded in your sex, sexuality, your sensuality, and your body you are. So it's kind of a combo package of just going slow, get yeah. into a container. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And for those of you listening, if you're wondering why there's this discussion of breath work and like breathing through things, um, the breath is so integral in really understanding how your body is reacting, where it is. Can you go into that a little bit more though, too? Cause I know that you use a ton yeah. of that methodology. Yeah. I did a breath work an hour and a half ago myself. I just <laughs> had 20 minutes and I really wanted to get into my body before a couple of lives I was doing in this podcast, which I do on a regular basis. And I drop in super fast now. I, I love it because I just pretty well lay down or get into my sacred space that I've created and I can drop in like fast yeah. and use the breath work, use it to sound, use it to move. I love using breath work, even just, well, there's two things, right? You can just use your breath and track it. Mm -hmm. And then you can get into what people like us refer to as breath work, where we are actually inhaling and exhaling our sounds and making it a connected breath it helps us really drop into our lower chakras and helps us drop into our body and release what's in there it might be pleasure it might be joy it might be grief it might be anger it might be frustration it doesn't matter you don't need to know what it is but breath work is so so powerful to getting into in any pleasure practice any meditative practice 
it goes into even sharing our emotions, right? You and I have studied a lot of our emotions and learned how to tap into all of these emotions that are deemed as not ladylike and not pretty and really getting into it and sounding that out. And then that sounding piece is another piece. We've been told to be quiet. We've been told to not speak up. There's a whole pile of elements in there, but through this work and through these practices, you get to bring in all of this healing work across the board. Yeah, it's so good. So I have to ask then outside of breath work, what is one of your favorite practices to do or has been on your own journey of healing and liberation? I do. Such a good question. Sorry, I had to clear my voice. I do pleasure practices every single day. Now, they're all very different. So what's my favorite? It really doesn't matter, I don't think, because no matter what, I'm like, doesn't matter which one I do. Um, I don't think it does because within minutes I get into my body. I get into my sensuality. I feel my connection. I feel pussy. I feel my energy. She is literally my higher source, my energy, my goddess, my higher self. Um, and I feel that and I get into that. I also love sensual embodiment dance. So I'm femme certified and I've been working with Sheila Kelly for the last three months too, and really playing more and more with just getting in my body. One of the first things I did in COVID is I hosted a 12 o'clock Eastern time dance break for every goddess that I knew that wanted to join. And we danced every day for four months, just for a couple songs just to get the body moving. I love it. Yeah. And I, to yeah, drop the stress. Yeah. No, but I think people underestimate how much movement is a part needed and a part of our journey because there's that connection of the physiological body and the emotional body and it all ties together and just getting some type of movement through it. Oh, good. Yeah. And the energy, like moving that energy, moving your sensual energy, moving your sexual energy, it has actually healed my lower back, which was creating crazy pain from the birth of my first in 2000, right up until that very first experience weekend in 2017. It was like, I don't know what I did. It was like I went to the most amazing chiropractor, massage therapist or something, and it just disappeared. And it's because of embodiment is because of sensuality turn on hip circles just moving that stuck and stale trauma energy anger energy doesn't matter what it was it's just moving it and it's come back here back and forth here along the years but it's never been like it was before that yeah I resonate with that big time um having been an aerialist and pole dancer for years and then also sexual traumas and having my daughter going through cervical cancer treatment. I had some massive injuries to my lower back, my hips, and people don't often realize like how much physical symptoms you'll start having in your body from other things. And yes, they can be Mm -hmm. from physiological ailments and injuries, but there's also a lot of it that gets impacted by that. And the more that I started doing pleasure practices, I noticed that 
the pain was just slowly but surely leaving the body moving through Mm -hmm. oh so good yeah just an example of how that pain emotional pain can manifest in your body Mm -hmm. when I was sexually assaulted I woke up to literally my stepfather on my left breast with his mouth um so nursing got to be tricky and the first when he when my baby was on that side I got mastitis three times in the first three months of my firstborn after a c-section and they were all in my left breast I'm like holding my left breast for you right now so am I (laughs) yeah because I reclaimed that because second mastery I got the goddess tattoo that is over my left breast to reclaim literally me. It's my body and it's backwards. So I can read it in the mirror just for me. And yeah, the body will tell you what's going on. We just need to listen. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to pleasure practice again, because there's a lot of people that hear us say doing pleasure practice and their idea is that we're just, you know, sprawled out having orgasms uh, you know by like with a vibrator on the ground or something like that I've had people literally say like so is it just like masturbating (laughs) no it's so different (laughs) yeah most of my practices are like some fast ones can be 15 but most of them are 30 to 45 minutes it's more like a workout in the time and in me creating the space for it it's not like a workout though in what you're doing so some can be more meditative some can be literally bringing pleasure and touch and sensation to your body there's some days i'm not even really in the mood for one but i'll start with just rubbing oil over you know every single ounce of my body just reconnecting to my body and by then I'm like okay let's keep going because I want to keep doing a pleasure practice some are with a tool like a jade egg or crystal wand and some are not some are just moving and playing with that energy and touching my body or just laying there and breathing and seeing what I'm feeling that day what's coming up what's alive there's moments where I'm like, I'm in a great mood. This is going to be a great pleasure practice. And I end up falling halfway through. It's just out of the blue. Yeah. Just things need to come out. And yeah. It, it yeah. All the time. So there's kind of a cross across all of the pleasure practices. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's really important to remember that the idea of a pleasure practice isn't, it's usually not goal oriented other than just creating connection and some type of pleasure in that connection to your own body yeah the goal is to follow your pleasure right just to follow your pleasure there is no other goal than that the time is to connect and to come back to yourself to reclaim yourself and to tap into who you are yeah yes so much so. And going back to like, you mentioned jade egg, because I know this is something that you teach on, right? Yes, and I I've talked to. about it a little bit on the podcast. And I've certainly dealt with um, clients that have um, used jade egg and wanted to let's go into some more work about that. Like, because you, you have something going on with jade egg, right? Yeah, I do have a program that I've created on my website because I wanted kind of a 
a middle. I've got my free programs and I've got my private coaching, but I wanted a program for women that they could tap into for six weeks. It's called six weeks, but honestly, these are practices that you're using for the rest of your life. So I have my sexy back Jade egg program on my website with all of the recordings, all of the videos, all of the PDFs, Mm -hmm. everything that can allow you to drop in and to create your own pleasure practice. And some days you're using a jade egg and some days you're not. Mm -hmm. And some practices call for jade egg work. Some are more breath work. Sometimes you can just lay there and just listen to it almost in like a meditative sleep. Sometimes it happens. So I love any of these tools. I like that the jade egg, I'm playing with one right now because it sits at my desk and I love <laughs> playing with a crystal of some sort. It's so funny that you, you probably saw it oh, um, I moving totally around did. all the time. I'm but a, I love, so I'm very cat-like and I'm like, there's a shiny object. <laughs> shiny object. Yeah. I have all my shiny objects, but I love how the jade eggs itself almost gives women permission to do a pleasure practice, to do a sexual pleasure practice, because it's like a tool. I'm not going to self-pleasure or masturbate here. I'm going to do a jade egg practice. It, it gives a little bit of permission if they're really hesitating on even you know working with their body. And the beauty that I really stress in this program and with all my clients is about learning the consent. It's about listening to your body and gaining consent listening to what she wants. If you don't know, you don't do anything. You wait and you listen and you go deeper. And if you get a maybe, you wait till you get a yes. Like there's a whole pile of different things that we do with the jade egg. And if you get a no, you can do the practice without the jade egg. You can simply listen to your body and what she needs that day. Mm-hmm. And and I said she, so it kind of triggered me there by saying that could be she or they, it doesn't yeah. matter. But whatever your body needs that day of listening and coming into that present moment that we were talking about and just allowing yourself to be supported and nourished, held. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it too. I think for me, when I did my first JDIG program, cause that was, I had done a bliss with Layla and then I had done JDIG and then Mama Gina sent out the newsletter saying, hey, Layla's opening up her coaching program again. And I was like, well, I want to do that. I've had this amazing thing. And I think Jade Egg for me personally, and I don't know about you, that was a moment when I understood that up until then, I had not been in a radically consensual relationship with my body. Mm. And it taught me to be there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, slowing down and just going, ooh, so um, yeah, what I thought or what I was taught or what I observed is actually not the way that we treat our bodies. It's not how we bring into our sexuality, into our practices or into even sex with a partner. Right. Yeah, I think it's, it's something that even if we're like kind of turned on, right, and we can get off, whether that's alone or with a partner, it's, I find so many of my own clients that have realized, like, I never actually checked into if I'm okay mm-hmm. with what I'm doing or with what my partner's doing, even if I do kind of want it, like, is it moving too fast? Yeah. But like, so- I hear from so many women that they'll have sex and they don't even want to. Yeah. It's like, uh, why? 
<laughs> but we've been programmed and conditioned that sex is for men and it's for their pleasure and we are there to serve them yeah if we want to be taken care of yeah. which is just ah. but those I always ask women when I work in groups and, and stuff like that of what were you taught because I really want to hear all the different options and different ways women were taught or shown about their body it's crazy. It's crazy the messaging that we have received that is so not true. So much so. Um, so there, it's so layered and there's so much of it. And it's not even just our own conditioning from our own lifetime. Like it goes back generations of crap that just gets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, generations and generations. But the beautiful part of sacred sexuality, I think, is it is the fastest way for us to heal. It is the fastest portal for us to get quick portal, quick check-in to our present and into our body. Um, and I saw that through the mastery. Like, it's like, that is the portal to go. It's like you transport mm -hmm. and that's why it's so so important yeah what other ways because I'm, I'm always curious about this one you've you've done so much work with yourself too you've been through so much what are things that you notice from your own work that were side effects that you never even like thought of like huh that's a mm. that's very different now that's a thing like in how I show up yeah and like, oh yeah so yeah. many ways in the world yeah. Um, like I wear lingerie around the house every single day, even with a couple teenagers running around. I get stares even from my husband going, what are you wearing? And it's like, what I want. <laughs> I don't know if that was loud enough, but it was, what are you wearing? What do you, what I want? Um, I show up how I want. I show up how I want online. I show up how I want with my clients, I am so open now. And it doesn't mean that you need to go and start having sex all over the place or showing up like fully in your lingerie just because you work with us either. Right. That is just how I choose to show up and then what feels yeah. really, really good to me. But it really does show up in how I interact with my husband, how I interact with my kids, how I don't interact with my mother and how I heal with across the board. It shows up in my finances. It ripples over into my confidence and into feeling amazing body love, real deep body love and approval and self-love. Like it shows up everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. So many places. And, and the same is true for me. I, there's this one particular moment where you know, again, not being a actively working aerialist anymore and retiring from that um, and the pressure that that put on me to, to not just have a fit body, but we're not, we're not talking about normal fit standards, right? We're talking about extremes, but the, the pressure that was released from that. And then, you know, of course that, that led to some weight gain and then some injuries and stuff. And then I've slowly worked with, but there was this moment where I was weighing myself and I looked at the number and I was like, okay. And there was no judgment on it. And there was no judgment on my body. I was like, if this is the way my body is from here on out, I love it. And if it changes, I love that too. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't think people often understand like, one, sometimes the effects of doing sacred sexuality work, it, it's not just going to make you have these amazing orgasms, like it will, but it spills out into so many other areas. It helps you to show up authentically, but that body love piece, like getting mm-hmm. to that piece where you could literally look at the scale and at one point in your life, or even very recently, that number can be like, I hate that number. That number is bad because society tells me that number is bad. And you can look at that number and be like, I love it. It it Mm -hmm. is a number. And you know what? And I love the body that it comes with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think all of this is so deeply tied to being disempowered in our sexuality. Yeah. When women, when teenagers, when grown women, it doesn't matter, are disempowered. They lack confidence. They don't feel worthy. They don't feel enough. The self-esteem, body dysmorphia, eating disorders, all of this comes from not being comfortable in our sexuality, which our society is not comfortable in our sexuality, right? (laughs) Right? Yeah, not comfortable. We're not listening to our bodies, being overly sexualized, um, doing things for somebody else's approval, not listening, not trusting, all of that because we're disempowered and disconnected. But when we reconnect, we can heal all of that stuff that goes with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So much so. So one thing that I love to ask everybody that's on my podcast is if there's any one statement, one you know, piece of words of wisdom that you could share with anybody that's listening to this and they're like hearing you and it's sparking something in them. What, what would you say? Mm. Slow down, reach out, trust those little inklings and intuition that are spiking up in you telling you, you don't want to go there or don't want to do that or don't want to hang out with that person start saying no or if you can't say no find reasons why you can't go do what you're being asked to do if that's all you can do right now and then reach for help and ask for help and reach out and get into our free containers or any of the containers along the way up to private coaching doesn't matter but there is so much more available to us and it's not like you know, I think sometimes people think, ugh, the sexuality coaches, they're just, you know, playing with the orgasms and playing with that all that time. We are not. There's so much more to this. It is life-changing. It is world-changing. It is so, so powerful. And we need it. We do need it. And I love that there are women like you and I in this world that are leading the way that had the courage to do our own work and are sharing it with other people and yeah for anybody listening to it like just seriously like you're not alone in this obviously you and I grew up in completely different places but we have very similar stories and Mm -hmm. we have similar healing journeys and it's transformed every area of our lives so don't write it off but also you're not alone and it's possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
And it's not as hard either as you may think. No. You think the, the hardest part is actually saying, okay, I'm doing this. Because yeah. from there on out, it's fun. It's yeah. so fun. Even the healing is fun. Because yeah. I'm always in awe of, oh my gosh, look what I was holding. Right. Yeah. I I remember for myself this little moment of like seeing a resistant piece and realizing what it had masterminded in the background. And I was like just cracking up with my own coach hysterically. And I was like, this little brilliant mastermind concocted this whole fucking thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you get to that point like it sounds absurd and crazy but it really is there's this moment along the healing where you look at it all and you just crack up you're like damn you are brilliant yeah (laughs) and your body is brilliant yeah so trust it yes trust it trust it trust it so having said that, Kim, how can people find you and work with you? Because I absolutely love what you do. And there are so many people that need your work. There's so many people that need your holding. Mm, thank you. Thank you. So easy peasy, follow me on Facebook, uh, Kim Coffin. Uh, like I literally use my own name. I also have a private Facebook group called Let's Get Your Sexy Back for female identifying humans. And the biggest one, which I'm sure you're going to drop in the show notes, is my Sexy Back Salon series is every single month and it's free. The next one is actually tomorrow night. I don't know when this one's dropping, but the second Wednesday of each month until October when we move to the first Wednesday where we're just doing some tools and practices and getting into our body, starting with journaling in sisterhood and then dropping into some extra practices that if you, when you're showing up live, you actually will get the recordings of the practices so you can continue your journey of making your own pleasure practices of taking care of yourself in between the monthly sessions. So beautiful. And for anybody listening to this, that's interested you need to know that when you get these type of gifts, like don't slack on them because that's like, you're giving journal prompts, you're giving practices, you're giving the recordings of it, all these juicy bits of information and guidance and healing work. Like that's so beautiful and also amazing to receive. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. And you can always check out my website too, which is literally get your sexy back dot ca i love ca yeah and don't worry if you're like trying to write this down this is all going to be in the show notes it's all going to be in the promo and on the website so got you there but kim thank you so much for coming on today i absolutely love your energy i love having you your story is amazing your work is amazing Mm, thank you so so much you're welcome